Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. series, A Christmas Carol, and as we dive into this, um, there's a story I need to kind of open up with that I wasn't planning on opening up with. Um, It happened, and all of you heard me last week talk about Thanksgiving, and if it ain't brown, it ain't going down, you know, and not to eat green stuff, because green salad's just filler, um, you know, fill up on plenty of starches, because that's really good for you, and I took this a little uh, too much to heart, and and I'm just going to let you know, this story's about to get awkward, okay? Um, I think you just need to lean into awkwardness, um, because I'm getting ready to talk about trying on underwear, Um, and so some of you may be like, this is my first time here, and this is just way out of bounds, Um, and my comfort level, just, just buckle up and have some more coffee. Um, here, here's what happened. Um, I'm getting ready to go to Africa pretty soon, and I needed some more underwear. We'll just be honest. And so we went to Marshall's to find some cheap underwear, um, and I, I go through, I look at the outside uh, of the packaging, and I have to be really careful about the terminology I use right now, um, and I was looking, and it said large on there. I was like, okay, we're good to go. Somebody answer that. Um, but... Um, <laughs> We're good to go. And so um, I go home, we wash it, and uh, this is two days, a day after Thanksgiving. Um, I, I try on this underwear, and I, I can barely squeeze into them. And I mean, I look like a muffin top. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it has finally happened. You know, the gravy is catching up. Um, and I was like, Casey, you got to throw out all the leftovers. I can't, I can't do this. And I'm like, man, I can barely, I can barely breathe. These are like compression pants. I'm like, you know, I was just like, um, so finally I was like, man, something's got to be wrong. Um, and they were two sizes too small. Um, and I was like, oh, there was so much relief. But I was like, dude, there should have been like little animations on these underwear because these are underoos. These aren't normal uh, uh, this isn't normal underwear here, right? And here's the deal. I thought what the situation, I thought um, I was a muffin when I wasn't. Um, I thought what was happening wasn't really reality, right? And sometimes we can be that in life. We can think something's a, 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 a true when it's not really reality. And so today I want to talk to us about not being a Scrooge, not being a ball humbug, right? There's, there's two words that come out of Charles Dickens' novel and his book. Um, one of those words is ball humbug. All of us know it now because of Scrooge. And, and, and you know what ball humbug means, and I know what ball humbug means. Um, but there's another phrase that came out of Charles Dickens' book, used to, back before the book was written, um, and was just a smashing success. Everybody said, Happy Christmas. But now when you go into stores or you're talking to people, you say, Merry Christmas. Yeah, that all came out of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And I thought, how amazing that one book, writing a story, created such a change in the world. And what would happen if our lives were lived in obedience to the good book, to God's word, that he has given us? And so today I want to talk to you about being a peacemaker. Not being a humbug maker, but being a peacemaker. This past week, a lot of us uh, heard about this. 
Um, it happened just three miles from my home. There was a Starbucks in Glenpool. Um, one of the, the, the officers went and called in drinks for the dispatchers um, on Thanksgiving Day. And when he got the cups, all of them had the label pig on them. Um, for the name. Um, and it's gone viral. If you haven't heard about it, um, you need to get on social media. I mean, I'm just playing. Um, but it, it just went viral. It's all over the place. I'm like, dude, that's three miles away from my house. And, uh, um, and everybody's in an uproar and, and mad and upset. And, and, and before I go any further, let me stop and let me say this. If you are a police officer here, if you're in the military, if you are any type of first responder, man, Foundation Church loves you. We appreciate you. We are thankful for you. Um, we absolutely want to always honor you. Always honor you. Um, we can't thank you, all of you first responders and military and police officers and firefighters and IMSA, all you guys, cannot thank you guys enough. Thank you for putting your life on the line every day for us. Um, but here's the reality. Everybody got worked up, right? And, and people are calling for boycotting Starbucks. And, and I get that. And that's your right if that's what you want to do. I'm not just sending a sermon about boycotting Starbucks or what he did was right or wrong. Absolutely was not right. So that is not what I'm saying. But all of us want to post up on social media but we're not just supposed to make people aware of problems. We're called to be peacemakers, right? That, that's, that's what Jesus called us to be. It's not problem pointers, but peacemakers. And so as I started kind of thinking about it, I'm like, how do we bring peace about? How, because that's what we're called to do, not just bah humbug Starbucks, like, uh, bah humbug Starbucks, your coffee tastes like cigarettes anyways, right? Like, no, 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 no. is isn't just to kill everyone, but, but how do we become a person that is a peacemaker? If we're really going to get into this, I think the first thing we have to do is ask ourselves a question. And, and to be really honest, because I think self-evaluation uh, can really bring change. And, and the question I would want to ask us to this is, is this, do people avoid you or flock to you? Do people avoid you or flock to you? As we saw in the video just for a little bit, when Scrooge is going around, this very beginning of it, Nobody, like, the people are singing, the carolers are singing, you know, God rest you, Mary, gentlemen. And he comes and just stands there like, you know, um, and like he's getting ready to turn into the Incredible Hulk or something, like, I'm feeling angry, I want to smash. And, and everybody just kind of gets really quiet. Um, they shut down. Um, and, and nobody wanted to interact with Scrooge. Why? Because he was a bah humbug person. He was not a peacemaker. People avoided him. And most of us, the reality is we're probably not to the extreme of Scrooge. But I would, I would kind of run the cell phone test at you. I remember when I was on staff at a church, and it's way back, because my first church, we didn't have cell phones. They gave you a beeper. How many of you remember? Like, you're like, oh yeah, you were like a drug dealer, like a beeper. Um, anyways, and so they would, they would page you, and you would have to look at the number and then go back. And if you had a fancy one, they could actually kind of send messages to you. Remember that? Um, it took forever to send a message. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm derailing here really quick. Um, but you, I remember when my pastor would text me, and it created such anxiety. Anytime I saw his page come, I was like, what have I done now? I, I did something. I screwed something up. What's he going to yell at me for now? And, and I wonder, what do people feel when they see your number pop up on their phone screen? 
Like, like do, they, do they just let it ring and go to voicemail because they don't want to deal with you, right? They want to kind of avoid you, but they're not gutsy enough to just send you to voicemail right off the bat, right? Because that's just like, oh, you sent me to voicemail. Now I'm really mad, right? Um, they kind of let it ring out and the voicemail casually pick up. When, when, when they see a text from you, does it bring them peace or does it bring turmoil? Does it bring joy or does it bring strife? Spouses, when, when your spouse sees your number pop up on the phone, they're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Or they're like, oh, that's, that's my boo, right? Why, what's, what's the difference? My kids are going to kill me. Don't say boo, Dad. Um, when your kids, parents, see your number pop up on their phone, are they like, dang it? <laughs> or are they, man, my, my mom and dad are calling. Here we go, parents. When you see your kid's number pop up on your phone, what do they need now, right? What did they forget? Do, do, are you, are, how much money do I owe you? How much, how much is this going to cost me, right? Like, what, what is your feeling when your boss calls? When, when you call your employees, do they feel peace or do they feel turmoil? Are you a person that people flock to or are you a person that people try to? to avoid and get free from. Because the reality is this, is if you are a person that people are trying to avoid, you are not a person that is a peacemaker. If you're a person that people are trying to avoid, not because you have weird people skills, right? Like some of you are like, I'm just kind of an introvert. I don't know what to do with my hands when I talk. And I'm not talking about that. But, but you're just a Difficult person. We'll call it that today, right? Good. Um, you're just kind of hard to get along with. Can I tell you, you're, you're not a peacemaker, but somewhere along the line, you became a person that people try to avoid. People try to get around. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. It said, bless. And this word bless means this, to be endowed with divine favor and protection. To be endowed with divine divine favor and protection. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I love the way the message translation reads, and it reads like this. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. And, and that's who we're called to be. And, and one thing that I've understood about peace is this, is that you and I don't value peace until we're without peace. Until there's not peace in your relationships, that's when you realize the importance of peace. And if I was to ask you what to describe our society, to describe our culture, we would not say it's a culture of peace right now. Um, if I was to ask you how are politics going right now, right? Like both sides hate one another. It's like, ah, we hate them. You know, um, some of us like Trump for life. Anybody but Trump, you know, feel the burn, whatever it may be. I don't know where you are, but, but there's strong opinions. There's strong feelings. And we are not a culture. Just look at Starbucks in Glenpool, Oklahoma. We're not talking about like oh, the West Coast, you know, where you're a bunch of people are like a bunch of hippies and liberals. Like we're talking Glenpool, Oklahoma, right? And there are strong feelings about things. So we're not a culture of peace. How do we combat that? We combat that by being a person where people flock to us because we are a peacemaker 
instead of people that are avoiding us because we're a humbug, we're a Scrooge. I'll tell you this, is that if you have, I've noticed this, if you've lost your joy, many times you've lost your peace as well. Somewhere along the line, if you've lost your joy, because joy and peace travel together. If you've lost your joy, most of the time you've lost your peace as well. If you've lost the joy of going to work, more than likely you don't have peace when you're at work. If you've lost your joy at home, more than likely there's not peace at home. If you've lost joy in your relationship, if you've lost joy in this relationship, can I tell you, if you've lost the the joy of the Lord in your life, it's impossible for you to have joy in other areas of your life because this joy is the source of all the other joy. If, if you've lost joy, more than likely you've lost peace in whatever area you find yourself lacking peace. In a book I've, I, I was in the middle of reading right now, and then I got distracted, ADD. But it says this. It says, did you know that children smile approximately 400 times a day, while adults smile an average of 20 times a day? Think of that. Kids smile 400 times a day. Maybe this is why Jesus was like, you know, let the little children come to me instead of adults. Like, I'm tired of everybody frowning at me. Come on, kids. I need some, I need some nice faces around me. You know, an average of 20, somewhere between childhood and adulthood, we lose around 380 smiles. We got to get those smiles back, right? I love what I, Albert Einstein said. He says, peace begins with a smile. Peace begins, you can't help if you're a joyful person for it to express on the outside. When there was a change that happened in Scrooge at the end of the movie, everybody could see it in his countenance. And some of us, we just want to say, well, this is just my resting face. It's not a nice face. And I'm like, well, this is just me. Did you have a good day? Yeah, I'm fine. Everything's great. How's the turkey? Fantastic. Best turkey I've ever had in my entire life. Gravy's on point. No. Nobody does that, right? <laughs> but how is your resting face? Right? I, Casey talks about my smile wrinkles all the time. I'm like, I'd much rather have smile wrinkles than frown wrinkles, right? Because these are getting big. I smile all the time. Why? Because, man, there's joy in my heart. There's peace in my life. And when the joy of the Lord is in you, it's got to show on the outside. The Bible says, Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones, right? Some of us, we just look old because of our countenance. Is what the Bible's saying? Like, stop looking like an old person. Like, be joyful. It does good. It does your life good like a good medicine. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I pray that God, this is a prayer that I have for you as a pastor today. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. There is an effect, it it doesn't just stay there, it overflows into something else. But here's the truth about being a peacemaker. If you're going to be a peacemaker, you have to be an attitude owner. If you're going to be a peacemaker, you have to be an attitude owner. You've got to own you. Your attitude that you you have chosen to have, that you choose to have, you've got to own that. 
If you keep putting off your bad attitude and blaming it on everybody else and becoming a blame shifter, nothing's going to get better and you're never going to be a peacemaker because you're more busy blaming everyone else and blaming all the other situations than owning your attitude. And we are a society that wants to blame everybody else for our unhappiness and our attitude when at some point you got to grow up, you got to own the attitude that you're choosing to have. Bad things are going to happen. Life's not fair, but I get to choose and I get to pick the attitude that I have. Verena Titus, one of our members here, put this on our Facebook last night. It says, real growth is when you start checking and correcting yourself. Instead of blaming others, you take back, you take your power back by being responsible for your life. I thought that's fantastic. That is perfect. That's exactly what we're talking about. Winston Churchill said this, attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. John Maxwell says, people may hear your words, but they feel your attitude. And can I tell you, that is so true. They may hear your words, but they know the attitude you're saying it with. And at some point, at some time, if you are going to have a marriage of peace, if your kids are going to feel at peace when they're home and when they're in your presence, if you're going to have peace in your friendships, if you're going to have peace with your parents, if you're going to have peace at your job, it is truly largely dependent on the attitude you choose to have. What's the attitude? Not, not, today I'm not asking what's happened to you because all of us have a laundry list of things that have happened to us that aren't fair. But some of us have remained peacemakers and joy spreaders despite what has happened to us because of the attitude we choose to have. Galatians chapter 5 verse 15 says, but if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Beware of destroying one another. And, and I got to tell you, we as Christians, we as followers of Christ, we're really guilty of this verse. Somebody does something wrong, right? What do we do? We talk about it. We devour them. And the very place that they need to come church is the place they feel like they can't come. It's true, but this is the place they need to come to be around other people that are for them and to keep engaging in a relationship with the God that loves them and is for them. So, so what is our response? What are we supposed to be doing? What is our attitude? It's later down when Paul talks about it in Galatians 5, through 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the attitude that you and I should choose to have and conduct always contains love, joy, Peace, there it is, joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what you and I choose to have the fruit of the Spirit all contained in one, right? A lot of us, we think it's the fruits of the Spirit. There's some love, there's some joy. I'm never going to have patience or self-control. You know, you're just like, God's still working. No, 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 this is what the Holy Spirit produces in your life and in my life. It's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And many of us want to, man, I can tell you, you don't duplicate what you teach. You duplicate who you are. And some of us, we want to duplicate something we're not busy being. 
But if you're going to duplicate it in your kids, if you're going to duplicate it in your employees, if you're going to duplicate it with your spouse, man, you got to be it first. And the only way you be it is to own the attitude that you choose to have on a daily basis. Because here's the other part of this is, is your attitude consistent? Is your attitude, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, gentleness, goodness, all that, is it consistent? Or are you inconsistent in your attitude? Are, do you have an emotional standard or a biblical standard? Are you living your life based on your emotions or, or are you living it based on how the Word of God is directing you and I as followers of Christ to live this out? It's not about being religious. It's about being biblical. Uh, when, I, when I grew up, um, as I'm still growing up, but when I was like a kid, uh, I always thought Russell Stover's was like the most expensive chocolate in the world, right? Some of you remember this box. And, and can I tell you, if my dad ever showed up with this box for my mom, he did something. Like he, like this wasn't a, like Valentine's, it was smaller. I was like, dude, what'd you do? And do you remember like when they were double deckers and you're like, you're rich. We just won the lottery because there's two layers to this bad boy. But here's a problem. Now when you buy a box of chocolates, there's like a little guide of what's what in here, right? You're with me. Some of you are tracking. Back in the day, it was Russian roulette, man. You didn't know why. Like, it may look good, right? Like the underwear looked good, but it wasn't good. It didn't fit good, right? It may look good, but that wasn't the reality. And you would, I got one candy, and here was the rule of the house. You smash it, you eat it. Like, so you couldn't just smash it with your finger and be like, oh, that's an orange cream. Like, no, you got to eat the orange cream, sucker. You just picked wrong, right? And if you like orange cream chocolates, you're gross. Um, I'm just going to leave it out there. Um, or strawberry cream. Come on. Like, come on. Let's go eat some chocolate and we'll show you what's better. Um, here's the deal. Is that I think Forrest Gump was on to something when he said life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. If that is your attitude... And people don't know what they're going to get from you and the attitude you are going to have from day to day. There can't be peace in your relationship. There can't be peace in your home. There can't be peace in, with your kids. There can't be peace with your spouse. Because there's no consistency to the attitude you're choosing to have. The other day it freaked me out. I was walking at Walmart, um, which that's scary enough nowadays. And I'm walking by um, and I see something I've never seen before in my life. But it said, mystery Oreos, what flavor will you get? And I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> there's, there's too many nasty flavors out there, right? Like pumpkin Oreos? No, I don't want pumpkin Oreos. I don't want red, red velvet Oreos. And I'm just telling you, all you people out there that like the vanilla Oreos, it's not an Oreo. That's not an Oreo. Like, just give me an Oreo. We don't have to complicate this thing. Like, let's just keep it simple, stupid, right? That's a kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, here's the deal. It is, is that is how some people feel. Like, they're like, man, this guy's like a mystery Oreo. I don't know how they're going to come in when they come into the house. I don't know if I've got to tiptoe around them because they've had a bad day. I don't know. I, I just don't know. And if you don't own, if you want to blame your attitude because you had a bad day at work or things fell apart or it's stressful or this or that's going on, man, you're never going to come to a place where you're a peacemaker. Hear me, as a, as a pastor, you're never going to be a person that people want to flock to 
Because people aren't drawn to inconsistency, right? If you're dating, you call that person a psycho. Um, but <laughs> people aren't drawn to inconsistency. They're drawn to consistent love. They're drawn to consistent joy, consistent peace, gentleness, goodness, self-control. So here's, here's what I want to leave us with today. Because the reality is this, for, for, for most of us in here, there is probably a situation where there has been strife. There's probably a relationship where there's some turmoil and things aren't at peace. And as I say it, you're thinking about the situation, you're thinking about the person, boom, it didn't take any time. It's amazing how that happens. And, and here's what I want us to understand. As followers of Christ, as living out this Galatians 5, through 23, as people that are choosing to have a consistent attitude, peacemakers, peacemaking where there is conflict with someone else is not an option for us, but is God's command. Peacemaking where there is conflict with someone else is not an option for us, but is God's command. This means this, there should be a sincere desire and earnest effort to bring about peace. You aren't just leaving it to chance to see what happens. Right? And some of us say, well, you know what? I'm just going to live my life not doing anything wrong, not, not hurting anybody's feelings. And, and hear me, as followers of Christ, that's not what this is all about. It's not about playing a prevent defense. It's not about trying to not hurt people. It's not that we're engaging in hurt. I'm going to hurt you so bad, right? No, that's not what I'm talking about. But it's not about trying to avoid doing wrong or to avoid hurting people. It's about engaging in doing good. God has called you to rock the boat. Some of us are like, oh, I just don't want to rock the boat. Rock the boat. Come rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat. Like, rock the boat. When Jesus came to this earth, guess what? He turned the religious system upside down. He made sinners welcome and religious kind of like, oh, I'm not sure about this. He turned it completely upside down. He didn't call you to play it safe. He didn't call you to live a neutral life. A neutral life is not a spirit-led life. He has called you to engage in doing good. He has called you to engage in being a peacemaker. He has called you to engage in spreading joy. Not to be a ball humbug, not to be somebody that people avoid, but people engage or are drawn to because they are drawn to something bigger than your personality, but the Spirit of God working inside of you. And he's called you to be a peacemaker. He's called me to be a peacemaker. Let me read you just a few verses and, and we'll, we'll close. Psalms 34 verse 14 says this, Turn away from evil and do good. Don't just stay neutral, right? Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Man, you got to work for peace. Peace doesn't just happen. What does that mean? For some of you, working for peace means that you're going to have to make a phone call today. You're going you're to have to send a text message if they don't pick up. You're going to have to not respond to sarcasm, right? You're going to have to do something nice and kind even if they have never done anything for you in their entire life. But, 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 no, no, you don't understand how many nice. No, I know, I know, I know. You're going to have to lose score instead of keeping it. That's really hard for your pastor, by the way. 
Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Psalms 37, 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Ephesians 2, 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He created us to do good works. Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and it glorifies the Father. It points to them. It doesn't point to you. Your good works points to him, your Father in heaven. James 4, 17 encompasses it all. He says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is a sin. Here's what the Bible is telling us. Here it is. Saying, be a do-gooder. Be a do I know my English is on point today. Be a do-gooder. Go do good. Don't stay neutral. Get past the way you feel about that person, that strife, that turmoil, that situation, and go be a peacemaker. And can I tell you, that means sucking down your pride. Where there's pride, there's strife, but where there's humility, there's peace. And that is just so true. This week, um, all transparency, I, as I was working through this message, um, there's somebody, that a friend that I have made mad. And usually if I offend somebody, I'm pretty aware of it, especially if it's my wife. Um, but um, if, if, if I've made somebody upset, I'm like, okay, yeah, I was a total jerk there. I, I need to call. I need to apologize. Or they could have taken that wrong. Um, there's a situation, no, I have no idea what I've done, just to be real honest. Like, no clue whatsoever how I made this individual mad, how I upset this person, and I'm just, the last month and a half, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to do it. I'm just having the little, like, self-right, no, Justin, you, I'm talking to myself, like, no, Justin, you aren't going to call him and apologize because you have nothing to apologize for, right? Like, you haven't had a bad attitude, you haven't done anything, and then I start preparing this message, and I'm like, dang it, God, just leave me alone for a little bit and let me just be right, Right? And as I'm preparing this, I, I've tried to call a couple of times, and finally I just sent a text message. I said, hey, man, I haven't heard from you in a while. I've tried to reach out a couple of times. I don't know what happened. I don't know what occurred, but suck it up. No, I didn't say suck it up. I'm, <laughs> I said, man, I don't know what happened. I don't know what occurred, but somehow, some way, I offended you. Somehow, some way... I upset you, and I'm sorry for whatever it was. And I hope that you will forgive me and just know I'm praying for you. I love you, buddy. If there's anything I can do, let me know. Can I tell you, man, it hurt sending that last night. It did. Because I wanted to just sit there and be like, but, but God, I didn't, but, but God, 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 I didn't do anything this time. Like, this is the one time I really don't think I was in the wrong, right? Like, there's a, but, but it doesn't matter. You and I, it's not about being right. It's about being a peacemaker. It's about being a joy spreader. And you can be right and wrong all at the same time. And I don't know who it is you need to reach out to. I don't know what situation you need to mend, but you and I aren't called to just hope it works out. We're called to be a peacemaker. We're called to be a joy spreader. We're called to be somebody that's living this life out with purpose 
with consistency that brings peace and joy and that our good works don't point to what a great person Justin is, but it points to what a great God they must serve. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And Lord, this for me is a tough message to live out. And Lord, the reality is there's a lot of us here where there's turmoil, where there's strife, where there's unrest. God, feelings have been hurt. Situations have happened. And and some of us, maybe we don't even know what to do. For For some of us, maybe this is a real reflection and look at the way our life is being lived out. And Lord, as we evaluate, we, we really, if we're being honest, we're not somebody people gravitate towards. We're not a person that people flock to. We're a person that, honestly, they avoid. And God, we can excuse it away or we can change it. And so, Lord, I pray that whatever attitude we choose to have on a daily basis, that we would own that attitude. That, Lord, whatever our life is producing, that we would understand our life can be emotional and it can produce the emotions which very rarely produces wisdom and something that we're proud of, or it can be led by your Spirit and it can produce the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, I I just pray that we would be real honest today And that, Lord, where there needs to be action taken, we wouldn't just hope things resolve, but we would be peacemakers and joy spreaders. And, Lord, you would move and you would work. And, Lord, your word would move us to action because that's when it has power. And that there would be healing in relationships, in homes, and situations. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're here, And you say, Justin, I'm here, and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Today, you may be here, and maybe where you are isn't where you should be. And you just say, I just need to come back to the Lord. I just need to recommit my life, because where I'm at, man, something's got to change. And I don't like where I am. I'm going to count to three in just a second, and all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand. We're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. We're not going to lead you to another room, anything like that. But this is a moment that can change the rest of your life. Some of you, you've been waiting for that moment. You've been waiting for that moment. This is that moment. And nobody can make this choice for you but you. If that's you, when I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. Is there anyone else before we go any further? You say, Justin, that's me. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I I turn away from the life that I was living And I turn to you, and I ask that your grace and your love would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer, 
or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.